0: Hi, this is Leslin from Try This at Home. Who are your peeps, your friends? How do you know when someone is a friend? What makes a good friend? These are all questions we're discussing this week as we talk about friendship. So grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and listen in.
1: When your day goes south or your relationship gets salty, you need tools that will turn it around. With decades of experience and a variety of perspectives between them, Leslie Sleesman and Leslyn Kantner bring you tips and tricks for solving problems, increasing happiness, and creating your best life. Together, they're sharing ideas you can take home and try. Each week, their discussion will zero in on one idea, one technique, or one activity that has the potential to make your life a little better. And now, here is Leslie and Leslin with Try This at Home.
2: Well, hello, friend. Hi, Les. (laughs) Friend, how are you? I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. This has been a topic that I've wanted to talk about for a long time. Yeah. Because friendship is... So, I've, I have so, I mean, I've got, you know, I'm in my 50s, and I have a lot of history of friends. My oldest friendship is 35 years old. Yeah. It's
2: almost as old as you are. Okay, well, here's the crazy thing. I'm 36, and my oldest friendship is 31 years old. <laughs> Kindergarten friend? I, yeah, I was five years old when my friend moved into the house across the street from me. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And you're
0: still really close friends.
2: We are close friends. I, you know, life happens. We mm-hmm. have, um, how many kids do we have between us? Eight. Mm-hmm. And we live in different states. But we're the kind of friends now where we don't talk super often. But like if a major life event happens, that's the person you call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's good. So we we should have some good things to say about this. Yeah, then. for sure. I thought it might be interesting before we dive right into it, to hear what some of the professionals say about friendship, or at least it, at the moment, Shasta Nelson, who is author of the book, Friendtimacy, timacy um, She's an expert on friendships and healthy relationships. And she says that friendships are defined this way. Friendship intimacy is where two people both feel seen in a safe and satisfying way. Interesting, Yeah, and I think in all of the definitions that I looked through or read, that one was the one that I think resonated, A, the most deeply, and B, the one that I see in my practice more than anything else. Yeah. This understanding that I'm, you know I'm here, you see me, I'm validated, and I feel safe talking to you, I feel safe expressing my opinion, maybe
2: most in More than anything else, I feel safe being me. Yeah. I always find it interesting when someone defines a word that we use and think about all the time. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. think about the definition of friendship ever. But hearing her describe it that way is very interesting to me. And another thing that I, you'll probably talk about this in a second, so tell me if I need to hold on. But um, in friendships, like, I feel like part of being safe is being able to say something that is hard for your friend to hear mm. and feeling safe enough to say hard things to somebody and know that you're still going to be respected and, I don't know, that you're that you're not worried that your friendship is going to dissolve if you bring up something tough. Yeah, for sure. And
0: so, that's about being authentic, right? Yeah. And good friendships give us room to be authentic, even if it means that something I have to say might not feel good mm-hmm. to the receiver. Sure. One of my very closest friends, um, one of the oldest, not in age, but in friendships, the person, she often will say that she's able to hear something from me that versus somebody else because she's so confident that I'm saying it from a place of loving her. Yes. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true. I mean, it's it's what I say to couples. Yeah. You know, when I do couples work, you— You wake up in the morning, and you know you love each other. Yes. You confirm that, right? Mm -hmm. Have a good day, honey. Right. And then somebody comes home, and they're all sassy and grouchy, and we stop remembering that we love, Mm -hmm. wait a minute, they loved us this morning. So, this thing that's happening, it's probably, okay, I need to remember this is a safe space for him to be him and her to be her. Right. Right? Yep. So, yeah, I think that if we go back and we— Talk for just a minute about what Shasta had to say. In her book, she talks about that during her research, a lot of the relationships that women talked about having really didn't fit our emotional needs. That women have a tendency to have a lot of relationships. While they may have one or two really good friendships, like, yeah, the majority of the relationships don't provide a safe space. And I found that that was interesting because we have a tendency, instead of spending the time on developing that, if something's not instantly
2: gratifying, we have a tendency to pull away. We're going to talk in an upcoming episode about social media, and I feel like this might—I don't know if I should talk about it now or talk about it then, but— You mean the instant gratification part. Yeah, and how you, you know, with social media, we're so connected, right? Mm -hmm. But— we're not really connected. Yeah. We're, like, very surface level. It's a very surface level connection. Mm-hmm. It's nothing well, deep at all. I mean, think about it.
0: We're, we, You know, I think I don't have very many, actually. I think my Facebook page says I have 240 friends. Mm-hmm. Friends. Right. What it really needs to say is I'm connected to 240 people. <laughs> yeah. Because of those, 235 of them, well, no, 220 are acquaintances, mm-hmm. 20 are um, family members, you yeah, know, and then right. two are probably, two or three are really close friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so, if we really, if we take time to sit back and think about friendships, there are some qualities that friendships, that actually constitute a good friendship. Mm-hmm. So, Dr. Suzanne Deggies-White— who is a psychologist from Northern Illinois University, said she She calls these qualities uh, a friendship quotient. Hmm. Okay. And there's 13 traits. All right. I thought it might be helpful if we kind of run through them. Yeah, sounds good. So the first of them is trustworthiness. Yes. I mean, have you ever had a friend that wasn't trustworthy?
2: I Well, I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. Define, well, I should say, I should start by saying this. Let me back up for a second. I'm a very open book person. Mm -hmm. So, there's really nothing in my life that I try to keep a secret. Mm -hmm. So, it would be very hard for me to feel like you were untrustworthy. Interesting. Yeah. So, I've had people who
0: I called friends. Mm Mm-hmm. Who betrayed me in very significant ways, and it didn't have anything to do with really being an open book. Like she made a pass at my husband, Mm. right? Um, I mean, she took it a little further than that, actually. But I'm right, you know. I mean, that's not friendship,
2: right? That's not trustworthiness. So I guess, I guess the good answer. Is no, I haven't had somebody who, I mean, I've certainly had friendships dissolve, mm-hmm. um, and that's been hard. Mm-hmm. But not really because of someone being untrustworthy, just for another reason. So, are you thinking about that in terms of someone took
0: information that you had shared in confidence, and you don't really care if they share it someplace else because you're an open book? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So, mm-hmm.
2: for me, that I think a lot of people have things that they— Want to keep private, which is kind of hard. I mean, if someone tells me, obviously, don't share this. I don't. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, the information that I personally have, I don't. I don't really care if okay. someone knows it or okay. not. So,
0: well, I think that's actually unusual. I think right? so too. Yeah, yeah. I think that even if even for people who consider themselves kind of open book, that 100 transparency probably is atypical, mm-hmm. and that. Often, we're we're looking to our friends to hold confidences, mm-hmm. and their ability to hold on to that or to act in trusting ways is obviously important. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've heard stories of people who stole things and money and, Ugh. you know, so, you know, those aren't really friends. If you're a friend, yeah. you're trustworthy. Right, for right? sure. And which kind of leads into the next thing, and that's honesty. Yes. And we talked about that a second ago. Like a true friend mm-hmm. is honest with you about you and honest with you about themselves.
2: Yeah. Right? hmm um, I, I definitely have experience with this. I'm a people pleaser as we have established. And so it is difficult for me to be perfectly honest a lot of times with people except the, my really close friends, I I don't have a problem with because, again, I think there's a long ago established safe space, and I know that, you know, rocking the boat a little bit isn't going to capsize the ship, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. But that is, I think, uh, I, I think that that is the hallmark of a good friendship, and personally. Be honesty. Yeah, Mm -hmm. if you can't be honest and say hard stuff, just forget it. I Mm -hmm. can find anyone that agrees with me.
0: And you know, there's two types of honesty, right? There's the honesty of not saying something that you want to say. And then there's the honesty part about just telling something completely contrary to what's accurate. Right. So the. You know, not only is an honest friend somebody who will tell you something that needs to be said, Mm -hmm. but it's also somebody who doesn't tell you untruths. Right. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, if I say, oh, I can't come over tonight because I have a a, a meeting, but really it's just that I'm too lazy. I don't feel like (laughs) getting my shoes on and getting in my car. Right. A true friend, you can say, I love you, but I don't want to put my shoes on and get in my car. (laughs) Right. Right? So... The third quality is dependability. Mm-hmm. and I have a I think this is the expectations around dependability often become very challenging,
2: yeah, so give me an example of dependability, other than like for me, that's the thing that's flashing in my head is like showing up when you say you're going to show up, yeah, I
0: think it's it's follow through, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that if you say you're going to do something, you're going to do it. That's certainly a classic definition, right. But I think where people get in trouble here is that they apply the standard of how they act as a friend to what they want from their other friend.
2: Yeah, so that's interesting. I have a a friend who I've come to know is for sure not going to act the way that I would want them to act as a friend. In, in terms of, like, calling me, checking up, seeing how things are going, like, that sort of a thing. And while you might think, well, then, you know, cut them loose. That's not, you know, good friend. It works, but I've just adjusted my expectation. So, there's mm-hmm. no hard feelings for me about it because I just, I know what to expect. And it's not a lot. And I'm not saying that as a jab either, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and that's, you know, you bring up a really interesting
0: point because nowhere on this list does it talk about reciprocity, which is probably the place that I have the toughest time when it comes to my friendships. I don't want to feel like I'm keeping score. Right. But I also don't want to be the only person driving energy into the friendship.
2: Yeah, I've definitely felt that before where it's like, oh, they did something, now I need to keep in mind, and I need to do something back. You know, that's that's definitely hard. Because, yeah, you don't want to keep score. And if you're good friends, there's no need to do that.
0: Right. And yet, I, you know, I can remember years and years ago, there was a woman who I had considered a very close friend. And then we both kind of moved away from the area where we had, you know, first met. And we had kids, and our lives got busy, but the only time that I remembered hearing from her is when she was calling to ask for something. Yeah. And you know, I didn't have the sense that she was calling to say, hi, how are you? Catch me up in your life. And that just stopped working for me.
2: My, I've talked to my dad about this before because my dad is in IT and, uh, you know, me being a graphic designer. And I'm interested if Harlan experienced this too, by the way. People will call my dad. And they'll be like, hey, Paul. And they, you know, uh, talk to him for a minute. And they're like, can you come over and fix my computer? Yeah. And I have a a person that I went to school with who is extremely guilty of this. Um, She will text me. And three or four texts later, it's like, hey, I need an invitation made for my kid's birthday party. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I haven't talked to you in 11 and a half months since the last birthday. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know... I'm, I'm a, a helper. Mm-hmm. That's my enneagram numbers, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I'm not stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll help you if you if you had just said, "Hey, Les, no, I haven't talked to you in a long time. Would you mind making a, a birthday invitation for my kid? I would mm-hmm. probably do it. Right. Instead of pretend.
0: coming right yeah. in under the premise of, right. "Oh, remember me? I'm such a good friend right. to you. <laughs> yeah. And exactly. I think. So then, herein lies the maybe the differential of what constitutes a friend mm-hmm. versus a different kind of relationship, right? Yeah, or at least close friend versus. You know, this song that's coming to mind is "You're just somebody I used to know." Yes, <laughs> isn't that Taylor's? Who sings that?
2: I am totally not cool yeah, enough to I, tell you who <laughs> sings that, but. I know, cool I know, I know. It's like a weird name. It starts with a G. Okay,
0: yeah. I, I have d- no idea. I don't know either. So if you know, feel free to reach out and tell us. Um, as you're now, listening, now you're just somebody that I used to know, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's interesting. I know that's not the context of the song, right. but it is kind of interesting that when we don't see the thing about friendships is they need to be nurtured, right? If you have a plant that you don't water, it dies. Mm-hmm. If you have a plant that you don't water and repot. As it grows, it dies. Yeah. I don't mind being the person to water, but somebody else has to do the repotting. Yeah. Right? Because if yeah. I'm doing the repotting and the watering and the pruning. Well, you're just a friend to yourself at that point. Right. Yeah. You know? So, I think this dependability part, and I know that it's hard, and I and if you're my friend and you're listening, please don't, you know, take it personally. Call me if you have a question. We'll <laughs> talk about it. I'm really just saying in general that if only one person is putting energy in, I depend on my friendships to be more reciprocal. Not in the moment. I'm not counting how many times you talked to me or text me that week. Yeah. But if we haven't talked, if I'm the only person that's put energy in this month or this six months, you know, yeah. I'm probably going to be a little standoffish then because, right. I, you know, I… The whole point of reciprocity is filling each other's buckets. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. the next question or the next trait is loyalty. Yep. And that means that you're not
2: going to be talking about me behind my back. Yep. Right? Yeah. This, I think, goes hand in hand with honesty. Mm -hmm. Because if I tell you that I have a problem with something that you're doing or, you know, you're— You're hurting me. You're not contributing. You're not, you know, like you just said, like you're not participating actively in the friendship or something like that. And I I tell you a hard truth. I'm not going to just, like, disappear. Like, I'm loyal. The reason that I'm bringing this up is because I want to fix it Mm -hmm. or change something. And Mm -hmm. so, I feel like if you're loyal and, you know, I don't know, you're going to stick around and you're not going to be doing all that stuff behind their back, Mm -hmm. then honesty is easier. Mhm. I think about loyal loyalty very similarly
0: like somebody who's just there if you're having a pampered chef party and you need somebody to be there I'll show up. <laughs> I'm not buying anything, yeah. but I'll show up. I'll right. stand by you. I'll wash the dishes for you, yeah, you know, sure. I'll I'll be there. I'm having a really challenging time right now because that friend that I've had for 35 years is in the hospital and what I want to do is I want to drop everything and go be there.
2: Right.
0: But my life isn't really structured that way. Yeah. And I'm trying to clear my schedule in a couple of weeks so that I can go help her as she's in recovery. But it's really hard. I really want to just drop except that I wouldn't ask that of her.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know. Sure.
0: And I'm sure she understands. Mm-hmm. Um there isn't anything I can do while she's in the hospital with fam- you know, with uh, right. nurses and doctors, but it is that desire to just be there. Yeah. 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 So, here this goes with, and I don't know why this was separate from trustworthy. Yeah, this is different. But the ability to trust in, if I'm not mistaken, she. we kind of talked about it already in these other categories, but the ability to trust this person to be who they say they are. Okay. Okay, it's kind of I'm going to believe that what I see is what I get kind of thing. Yeah. And we'll be right back. Hey, everyone, it's Leslin. One of our goals this year is to grow the podcast audience, and you can help. We would truly appreciate a share or a shout out if you found the ideas here helpful. Don't forget, you can always touch base with us personally on Facebook, Instagram, and on our website, trythisathomepodcast.com. Okay, great. So... The next thing that is really important to inner friendship, maybe, and then I would tell you this is an a trait that I think is critical to just living a good life, and right. that's the ability to be empathetic.
2: That was how I knew that I had a major problem with one of my friendships that I needed to end. Mm. I had negative ability to be empathetic
0: with her. Well, mm-hmm. oh, that's an yeah. interesting perspective. Yeah. So it wasn't that she was unempathetic to you; it was you, you <sighs> couldn't. Be empathetic to her.
2: She was going through a tough time. This is going to make me sound terrible, but it is what it is. Um, She was going through a really tough time for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And myself and some other people had, you know, given a lot of advice and counsel. And for for a long time, you know, we were trying to be very empathetic. But kind of like you said, you can't be the only one watering and replanting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you go a super long time without getting anything reciprocated, and I'm talking years, mm-hmm. that is very, very trying. And over time, I felt like you're not listening to any counsel. You're not trying to make it better. And I had zero empathy for the situation. Yeah, None.
0: You know, there's really a couple things going on there, and I'm not 100% sure you should be so hard on yourself, <laughs> <laughs> or that you need to be so hard on yourself. In as much as in the moment, in the parts of, in the times when you were actively engaged in a friendship with her that was reciprocal, it sounds like you were able to be empathetic. Yeah. And then the relationship became one-sided, and the two of you moved away from shared values right. or shared ideas, and, and so it's very challenging to sustain any kind of a friendship when those things don't exist. Yeah right yeah. so maybe it was a little bit less about empathy empathy and more about just no longer having really a shared objective
2: yeah it was i felt very much like can't give from an empty well
0: yeah well and that's what i mean about that's what i was talking about in terms
2: of the reciprocity
0: but being able to emp- or being empathetic is i think is often more about leaning into the friendship instead of trying to fix everything. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. it's the ability to connect on a level of understanding. And honestly, I think that's how friendships, maybe one of the first qualities that really exist in most friendships.
2: Yeah, that, if I were going to give you, like, the thing that I'm worst at in a friendship, it is that I want to be the fixer. So if you have a problem, I, like, spring into action, like, thinking of all the ways to fix it. That is, like, my natural, like, gut reaction. So, I've, I've gotten, I'm obviously, I'm aware of this. So, um, you know, I've tried to get better at just sitting and shutting up and not saying anything unless I'm perhaps asked. Mm-hmm. But, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but that is my natural reaction is to be a fixer.
0: Those are the boundaries we worked on years yeah, ago.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> So the next two, I think, go hand in
0: hand, and they're non-being non-judgmental. Yep. And a good listener. Yes. Both of which are challenging for Mm -hmm. some people, right? Yeah. Non-judgmental. All of us, I don't think, I know, all of Mm -hmm. us want the ability to be loved for who we are. Yes. Period. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. If you judge me, you are not my friend.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm just gonna say, if you judge me, <laughs> you cannot be my friend. Judgment is an unaccepting element, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Judgment is using words good, bad, right, and wrong. Right. And I want to be accepted for being different. Mm-hmm. But we can we can have a difference of opinion. Yeah. Um, and that's and not. Yeah, and that's perfectly acceptable. Right. But I want the, I want my, I require my friendships, the ability to have my own point of view without it being labeled good or bad.
2: Yeah. And I think non-judgmental. we're talking about, like, the deeper things. Like, we're not talking about, like, I don't like your outfit today. Correct. <laughs> but even that, you know. I mean, that's a little crappy, I guess. And, it's, like, why do you care? But. Precisely. Yeah, I, I, you know, and I have Harlan to thank about
0: uh, for this in a lot of ways. I mean, he, and you know, Harlan loved his fleece vest, mm-hmm. and Harlan would wear a fleece vest three hundred and sixty-five days yeah. a year. It didn't matter if it was ninety-nine degrees outside; he'd have on a white t-shirt and a fleece vest, and then he would complain about how much he sweat. <laughs> and I couldn't understand that at all, and yet. I, you know, I would say something because apparently I was judgy, and he would say, Les, why do you care? Yeah. You know, and eventually that really hit home. You're right. Why do I care? <laughs> I'm not the one sweating. Right. All I have to do is set a boundary about how close I get to you, and then we're perfectly good.
2: Yeah. I don't need to touch part- that. Yeah, husbands and partners are really good at um, calling that stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, as I say, all I tease my husband about a lot of little stupid crap like
0: that. <laughs> yeah, well, and as I say all the time, I learned so much about acceptance from that man, and he yeah. was one of the most accepting people I've you know on the planet that I've ever known. He was, he was also a really good listener. Yeah, and and like that's why I said they go hand in hand because to be a good listener, you can't be judgy. Yeah, exactly, or interrupt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or get defensive. There's a lot
2: there, right? <laughs> you know, being able to just take in what somebody's saying. Yeah, not be mentally preparing your argument, your response. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's easy. I think that's easier to do with friendships than it is with
0: love relationships or family yeah, relationships. For sure. So next on the list is supportive. Yep. Encouraging. Don't shoot me down all the time. Mm-hmm. A good friend is somebody that lifts me up.
2: Right. You know? I like your example of, um, like, if someone has a paper chef party, like, you'll come and you'll help clean up, but you don't have to buy right. the kitchen <clears throat> utensil. Right. I, I've experienced that a lot, owning a business. I don't expect every one of my friends to buy my stuff. It's really okay. Mm-hmm. I don't even think about it mm-hmm. most of the time. In mm-hmm. fact, when I do get an order from a friend, I'm, like, shocked. Mm-hmm. Um but liking the Facebook post exactly. and all of that <clears throat> other supporting, literally supporting stuff mm-hmm. is what matters and what I'm thankful for when people do that.
0: Yeah. Now I'm gonna I wanna expand on this a little bit because supportive can't just be liking a Facebook post. Yes. Right? You mm-hmm. know, when Harlan passed away, there were people in my life that I considered friends who only posted on Facebook. Yeah. And we'll talk about that a little bit yeah. later in social media, but that did not fall into the supportive category for me.
2: No, especially not with something so life altering yeah. and serious. Yeah for sure. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> the next thing on the list is self confidence. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that's important in a friendship? Oh gosh. Well, I would say you need to, well, if you're not confident, then I think you're going to have a tendency to be needy.
0: Mm, precisely, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the person who comes over and says, wow, I wish I had your house. <laughs> yeah. Right? Or the person who comes in and says, well, it must be nice to be able to stay at home with your kids. Right, yeah. You know, the self-confidence is the thing that, stops you from being so competitive. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yep. Um self-confidence will eliminate that derogatory element. Right. And, and going hand in hand, friends have to be fun to be around. Yeah. That is my most important uh qualifier. Yeah. Not to say you can't have a bad day now and then, right? I mean of course. good heavens, there's been times when I've gone over to f- friends with a bottle of wine and said, can I have a good cry with you, please? <laughs> you know? But that's not all the time. Right. Yeah. Eventually, the people that aren't fun to be
2: around suck you dry. Yeah, like sadness. Yeah. From uh, that Pixar movie. Yeah.
0: Not to say that if you're, you know, if you're battling uh, with depression or something, you can't be a friend. Right. But there needs to be some balance there. Yeah. And then maybe... For some people, most importantly, the ability to see humor in a situation.
2: (laughs) Something happened. I can't even, oh, yeah, I do remember what it was. Uh, So my husband, I was telling my husband something insane that had happened. And he's like, just be thankful for it. It's another chapter for your book. (laughs) <laughs> you know, he's like, just, a good see the, yeah, just see the humor in it. They just gave you another chapter. Like, this is hilarious. Because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. at a certain point, like, if you take things so seriously all the time, like, I, c- I could find something to be sad about every single day of my life if I really wanted to. And I wouldn't even have to try that hard.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, so I'm talking a lot about my friend Elizabeth today. We... At one time in our lives, when our kids were younger and we just really never had the opportunity to get together, we would plan a long weekend together. Mm -hmm. She lives down in Virginia Beach, or Chesapeake, and I live up here, and and so we would try to meet halfway in in between, which kind of meant the eastern shore, right? Somewhere on the Chesapeake Bay. Well, we decided to go to, I think it's Tangier Island. Okay. So you drive down to the Chesapeake eastern shore of Maryland, and you take a ferry, she was driving up from Virginia Beach, and so she took a different ferry. I got on the ferry, and I sat up top, but it was it was early summer, I think. It was hot. Mm. And so I go down—I want to go downstairs on the inside, right? And I step—I'm in flip-flops, and I step across the door threshold. You know, on boats, they have, like, these yep. doors— and I kind of tripped. And when I caught myself, and I didn't actually fall, but I, I tripped going through the doorway, and I like thought I had stubbed the crap out of my toe. Ugh. And I looked down at my toe in my fresh pedicure, which was I wear bright red in the summer, mm-hmm. right. And I looked down at my freshly pedicured foot, and I said, "Ooh, what's that thing sticking out of my toe?" And I go to reach this thing, which turns out to be my big toenail. Oh, literally twisted up and sticking out. <sighs> oh my God. My the skin. And and the reason I didn't notice is because the nail bed uh-huh. was bright red with blood, right? Oh, okay. I mean, it yeah. matched my toenail polish. polish. Sure. Well. Needless to say, my stomach twisted. I, the pain intensified immediately to a 10. Mm, mm. Long story short, I had no choice but to finish the ferry ride over to Tangier. Yeah, right. Where they um, promptly called for the island nurse. There was no island doctor. Oh. There was an island nurse to meet me at the ferry in a golf cart.
2: <laughs> oh,
0: man. And, and she took me anyway long. We, we stayed we stayed. the, the, the nurse blessed her little heart. Was able to remove the toenail and get me bandaged up and oh. get pain medicine. The next fairy brought the pain medicine to me. But we we laugh about that today. Remember, you know, yeah. every time I go someplace, she goes, "Do not get new toenail polish." Right. You know, we rented a golf cart. We, we yeah. I couldn't really walk on it, but we rented a golf cart. And we had a good time. We made it. We made something out of it. Yeah. You know? Right, right. And I think that she would probably be able to tell you, oh, I know we went to Chinkatink one time. And what is that? Tinkatink, it's an island where the horses run. You know, oh, also okay. take it's down again okay. on the eastern shore. Yeah. And because we were trying to save money back then, I picked the hotel room when we got in there and the carpet in the hotel room. Looked like there'd been orgies for years, <laughs> oh <my gosh>. Ugh. <laughs> but we laughed about it. We had to have humor. We had to see the humor in it. We didn't spend much time there, and we wore our shoes the whole. Every- <laughs> oh, it was it was pretty bad. We do laugh about that though. Yeah, so it's you know we've talked about trustworthiness, honesty, dependability, loyalty, the ability to trust, being empathetic, being nonjudgmental, being a good listener being supportive, self-confident, fun to be around and seeing the humor in yes. things. And the goal is to have kind of a consistent level of those traits in our friendship. So we all have various qual- you know, various yeah. degrees of that. Sure, some things come easier to you than others in yes. that list, for sure. But in order to be a really good friend or the best friend that you can be, your objective would be to kind of put some work into balancing Absolutely. that. Chasten Nelson says if we keep saying something that's important to us but we do nothing about it, then ultimately we lose both trust in ourselves and our own sense of integrity. And I think it's we can't say my friendships are important mm-hmm. and then not put any energy into them. Right. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um People don't know you're important to you. They're important to you if you don't call and let them know. Yeah. Um, and in this day and age, there it's so stinking easy. You text them when you're thinking about them. Yep. You know what really pisses me off? What? People who say, well, I never know when it's a good time to call you.
2: Yeah, never. Don't ever call me. Just text me. <laughs>
0: How about just call and leave me a voicemail? Yeah. Or text me. Just text, yeah. But you could at least, I mean, you don't have to call. You can text me. I'm thinking about you less. Right. Or you can leave me a voicemail and says, hey, I haven't talked to you in a while. I want you to know you're on
2: my mind. My love language is funny internet memes if you're my friend is that in the book <laughs> no but it should be if you are my friend and you want to make me feel loved all you have to do is find a funny internet meme that resonates with me or our friendship or something about one of our lives and send it to me and we'll be friends forever take note yeah friends of Leslie Sleesman <laughs> <laughs> Becky the girl that I work with is really good about sending me hilarious memes <clears throat> that are very relevant that's fun yeah.
0: well It turns out that friendship is so important that in our older age, they are a stronger predictor of well-being than having strong family connections.
2: Hmm. That's
0: amazing. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah, In 2017, there was an article in the Journal of Personal Relationships that laid out some research that said the happiest older people were the ones with strong friendships. Hmm. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. So to keep that in heart, that 35-year-old friendship that you have. Nurture it or 30-year-old friendship. Yep. Continue to nurture it regardless of the changes that take place. Know its value and strengthen your own friendship quotient.
2: Yeah, and be a good friend. So that is our discussion for today. We hope that you will share this discussion with the people that you care about and your friends. And as always, we are super grateful that you took the time to listen. Next week, we'll be talking about the book Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, which I love. (laughs) One of my favorites. We hope you'll join us. If you have any questions or comments, reach out to us on our social media platforms, our website, or our email, and we will talk back to you. For now, this is Leslie and Leslin. hoping you will try this at home.
1: All perspectives and opinions expressed during this podcast are for educational and informational purposes only. There is no direct or indirect intention to provide psychotherapy or mental health services. If you are seeking counsel for individual circumstances, please consult with a local health professional.